Hello, everybody. It's time for another Saundo and Redders NDCASD podcast, or as some, someone said to me the other day, David Redden speaking for one minute and then the Dan Saunders show, which it should rightfully be called Saundo. It's a very good evening to you, sir. And thank you for doing this on a Wednesday night to assist with my commitments tomorrow. Thank you. Uh, g'day, Redders. Hi, all. No, absolute pleasure, mate. I've got to be honest, Wednesday night suit me much better, to be honest. So, um, yeah, let's rip in. rip in. Plenty to talk about. We certainly have. Now, I don't have one of these results, so we'll go through go through the ones that I have. This is last week's games. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk uh, last Saturday, a preview of this this Saturday, um, some Craven Co. Uh, with thanks to our wonderful sponsor, Craven Co., the Craven Co. Um, uh, the performance of the week. And then at the end, we're going to talk John Bull Shield, in which the Suburban District Rebels just squeaked home with a win over, over Cessnock at Connolly Park. Dan, could you please give us the score between the Journeyman and Cardiff Bulleroo? That game, one of the first games of the season actually played at Hexham Park. Yeah, so as you said, fixture at Hexham Park. Where the square was in pretty good condition. They're doing a great job up there, Dave Mills, and uh, the guys curating. Uh, the outfield had finally been mowed, which has been sort of the main issue of the last couple of weeks why cricket hasn't gone ahead. Um, unfortunately for the Journeyman, all that hard work off the park to try and get a game on didn't translate to uh, success on the field. The journeyman batted first and uh, they're all at the 67 uh, wickets falling at a pretty consistent pace. It was one of the games that was being live scored on Saturday through my, you can see the results through my cricket. I've no idea why it's not coming up on your play HQ. That's another story for another day. Uh, Paul Gauchy, 13, Chris Dybert, 14, the alley batsmen to hit double figures. So impressive bowling uh, performances by uh, Cardiff Bullaroo, Sumit Reeland, six overs, three maidens, three for seven. Very economical and ripped the heart out of the middle order of the journeyman. And Praveen Dazari opened the bowling, eight overs, one maiden, three for 20. Uh, look, Cardiff Bullaroo, obviously that was their third game, two washouts. The journeyman's first game of the season. You, you're always going to expect a team to be rusty first up, um, especially uh, you know, going in at week five. Um, in reply, Cardiff Bullaroo, four for 68. Now, they've rattled that off at about 14 overs. They uh, went at a fast clip, as they do. Uh, losing wickets, collateral damage. I don't think they care. <laughs> They're all about getting the runs as quickly as possible. Mohamed Umar scored 29 of that 68 um, in a pretty one-sided performance. And again, my argument about bonus points comes comes to comes up and raises its head with games like that when you get them in 14 overs. The next game, and I will mention there is a very, very famous name who has played cricket this weekend. We're going to talk about him a bit later. If it's the same person, I think it is playing for Redhead, one of the more famous names in the history of Newcastle cricket. It's not the same guy? Different Mark Curry. Different Mark Curry. There you go. I was going to ask you, I might as well do it in front. There's a Mark Curry that played for Redhead of the weekend. I'm thinking if it's Prawns, goodness me. Last week, there was a Bob Simpson in Division 7, and this week, we'll talk about Ryan Campbell in Division 5. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Campbell. Yeah, the so next game, which I do have... On. Now, this looks like Islington, the Islington wicket might have had a bit in it here. Um, so the Rogue Scholars uh, hosted Merriweather. And Merriweather's been in great form, and they resold the Rogue Scholars for 97 all out, of which Tom Tredenick made 52. He's the only person to make more than 10. That's a remarkable performance. A very high percentage of runs, more than half of them. And James Pride, uh, a five for five for 23 off eight. Superb bowling figures there. Merriweather didn't have it all their own way. Um, top order went seven, five, four, 21, five. 
with Tom Trudinich having a big day out, but then James Pride having a man of the match performance and Jason Pratt and got him home uh, with 31 and 20 reading, respectively. 5 for 98 off 31.5. Tom Trudinich, the best of the bowlers, completing a magnificent. They are unbelievable figures. Eight overs, three maidens, two for 11 with two wides. What a game from Tom Trudinich. But Merriweather, again, flying along Dan Saunders. Yeah, look, this was always, I think we said last week, this might possibly be the match of the rounds that over there, the Rose Scholars have uh, started the season well, uh, going into this game undefeated along with Merriweather. Um, again, this game was live scored, so we're able to keep track of it, just watch on the weekend. And then, as you can see by the first half of that scorecard, James Pride um, just went through them like Epsom Salts. Now, bowling spin, mind you, I understand. Wow. Uh, yeah, and I hope I haven't got that wrong. Uh, he's bowled his eight straight for that five for 23, and he's, he's knocked over pretty much that top order. Uh, Adam Britt's figures too, nothing yeah. to sneeze at. Eight overs, three maidens, three for 11. Great support there. Uh, but Tom Trudenick, that 52 off 78 with four boundaries um, in, a, in a lone hand out of 97, all that in 32 overs. That was a huge innings. And 97, I mean, at least it's a total. Um, but if you look at where they were at at five for 29, they would have been oh, very nine for 56. If yeah, Tarinovsky doesn't bat 28 balls undefeated, they're gone skicks. And uh, one, yeah, of the, one of the lessons that you've given me in this competition is, David, the teams that often squeak out tough type wins bat 40. Overs. Dan, would you like to read how many overs that the Rose Scholars batted? They batted 32.1. And there you go. And that that's pivotal. They scratched that out to 40. And I'm not being critical because they've done superbly well. But if they scratch that out to 130 or 125, given what went on the other side, it's a whole different ball game, isn't it, batting your 40? Yeah. Well, again, Dean Trajanovsky, six not out. It's from 28 deliveries. So that's the best part of five overs that he's faced himself. So nine for 56. You're looking at probably at 24, 25 overs. So to get to 32, I think they've scratched quite well as it is. Now, that combination of Tredenik and Trajanovsky, um, they've opened the bowling together for what was Adam Sand Rosebuds, become City Rosebuds. Now they're a part of uh, the Rogue Scholars. Um, and talking to a couple of people on Sunday over the John Ball, they said it's the best tandem opening bowling partnership they've seen in some time. Coming, that's coming from Merriweather sources. Um, well, they bowled 16 there. overs, four maidens, three for 25. Uh, yeah, between them. Yeah, and, and Merriweather are on the ropes at four for 37, five for 49. Uh, Lavender, Dan, names have spoken of this season, gone cheaply. Mitchell Pillar, younger fellows um, sort of in and out of the squad, uh, scored 21. Rowan Kelly, the skipper, dismissed for five. And again, at, at five for 49, very similar predicament to where uh, the Rogue Scholars found themselves. But this uh, six-wicket partnership of 50, 49 runs between James Pride, who's backed up his five for 23 with 31 not out from 39 balls. Jason Pratt, batting at seven, that's, who is a top-order bat. So that just shows the depth of their batting lineup. A runner ball 20 with one four. Uh, again, they've got the runs five down in one ball shy of 32 overs. So it's basically 32 overs aside. And... Um, yeah, the Rogue Scholars show, and they can match it with the with the heavyweights in this competition. It's a great effort by the Rogue Scholars in defeat, and 
Marion was showing some metal. They've, they've had a couple of wins that, um, I guess, they've had a couple of flogging victories. This has shown that they can get into the arm wrestle as well and come out on the other side. So would have been a great game of cricket to watch. Absolutely. Now on to the next game, which um, when I did my homework for this, I couldn't quite believe the scores. The, Dan and I are into in the era of about 30 episodes, 32, 33 episodes of, the, of this particular podcast. And we have been speaking at length about good scores and what's a good score in this competition in a 40-over game with unrestricted fielding. And the Mary Ellen Mudrats in this next game against Port Stephens at Connolly Park made eight for 185 or 40 overs. Usually, the by far, that will win you a game. They got belted by Port Stephens. Port Stephens batting first. Ladies and gentlemen, wait for this. Nine for 256 of 40. And Dan, I venture that is the highest score that you and I have commented on in our podcast. Uh, certainly in Division 1 it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, Remarkable. Look yeah, look, uh, the fence still down at Connolly Park, but the Witches hats are still at the same length from the, from the wicket. So the field's still the same size, but... Uh, I'm reliably told that the outfield was lightning fast on Saturday. Um, Python's batting first, as Brett has said, nine for 256. Um, a number of start, Josh Richardson, 22, Grant Garland, 22, Jared Moxie, 23, Sean Davies, 47, and uh, Jeremy Rushford, um, who made his first Division One debut coming up from Division Two. Uh, he scored 21. But the captain, Josh Moxie, uh, the backbone of that inning, he's batting at three, so at 108 not out. So he was there at the end of the innings. Um, I've been reliably informed when he was on about 80, he had the simplest court and bowl chance put down that one would ever see. I shan't name uh, the bowler, but he is a former player of the year. Um, but yeah, Moxie, great partnerships there. Um, no Craig Hunter in the top order, so they were a bit weakened with their batting, but um, I guess after a couple of defeats, the Pythons got their heads together and figured we need to make a statement on this competition. No uh, late, ne no late Neverly. No late Neverly. We knew that Jason Everly's wounded, but there's also no late Neverly in that. So just down to one Everly. Three Everly's and... were out. Actually, yeah, there's not enough Everly. Game, yeah. First time I've ever heard the saying, there's not enough Everly, brothers. Um, ah, Dave Redden. Darren. Uh, yeah, but... so again, and, and you'll see in the, in the Mudrats uh, run chase, I mean, Moxie's 108 not out. Obviously, you score 250, someone's got to go big. But there's quite a number of starts akin or even yes. more impressive than in the, the pot things. But we'll just cover off on the in the bowling. And um, the shared around, Lucas Sneddon took the wickets for three for 60 off eight, a spinner. It's going to go for some stick on a very fast Connolly Park. Uh, Cameron Roxby, very rarely you'll see him go for 33 from four overs. Um, yeah, the run, run, run rate at six and a half and over. It was always going to be very hard to run down. But in the run chase, look, they scored 185, um, eight down. So they've batted their 40 overs. So they gave themselves every opportunity in the run chase. Uh, a 50-run opening partnership between Cameron Roxby and Mitchell Barry. Um the fourth wicket, there was a partnership of 67 between uh, Brendan Frost and Josh Forsyth. So they just looked to have lost wickets just when it, yes. they just sort of got into that rhythm and a, and a big partnership looming. But Mitchell Barry, 31. Cameron Roxby, 27. Josh Forsyth, 36. Brendan Frost, 34. Josh Bennett, 33. A lot of impressive starts there. 
but one of those 30 odds needed to go, you know, 80 plus, I guess, to really have um, give that uh, run chase a shape. Regarding the Pythons bowling, nothing to write home about them. The wickets were shared about. I believe it was one apiece for six bowlers and one got two. They're not listed here. Yeah. Um, but again, the performance there, obviously, Josh Boxy, 108 not out. Um, in a great captain's not. Now, Redhead finally playing cricket, which I'm sure they'll be very relieved uh, to do. Redhead, the local derby, Redhead hosting Warners Bay down there at Lyles Oval. Uh, Redhead batted first 196 all out, but off the last ball. So they faced their 40 overs. And Warners Bay got them in 34.1 overs. This is a very competent Warners Bay side. And they're going along just nicely. Thank you very much. Bill Mitchell, 44. Mark Curry, not the Mark Curry, 43. Chris Mitchell, 43. For Redhead, a consistent performance in the top order, although they fell away. If you actually look, there's a couple of ducks in there. There's four ducks in that innings, which is remarkable. Wickets, Kane Bradley, three for four off three overs. And if the bowling order is to be believed, and I would imagine that's right, he bowled. Yes, he was the yep. last of the eight bowlers. Um, and uh, two for 20 to Simon Smith. And the rest of them all chipped in and, and got a wicket. Ballander, one for 32 off his eight. Um, how'd the skip go? Grimmy got a bit of tap this time. Grimmy one for 33. And Byron Jensen, one for 33, bowling his, uh, bowling his spinners. And then Warner's Bay in reply, a pretty good performance. Again, they had a few uh, issues in the top order, but Neil Smith, 42, he's in good form. The uh, resident Billy Idol lookalike, he's in, he made 42, Grant Reed in 66. Byron Jensen, 31. And then Mr. Tomato Head, David Amsalom, he'll be very pleased to get a red ink, 12 not out. And he just hung around and Simon Smith came in and whacked them all over the park, 34 not. And they got them very comfortably in 34.1 overs. Best of the bowlers, Chris Mitchell, two for 34. And Kyle Burrows, superb figures. In that total, eight overs, two for 16. Dan Saunders, your review. Yeah, look, I actually got down to this game for about uh, the best part of the second half of the redhead innings. And that outfield, I mean, it's a smaller ground lie label, but it, it was flying. If anything that beat the field was runs. It didn't matter what side of the wicket. When I got there, I was expecting to see the scorebook burn 250, 300, because every ball just seemed to be going to the fence when Red were batting. Um, I guess I got there while Bill and Chris Mitch were at the crease together. Um, Mark Curry, if it was the Mark Curry, that 4 3 would have a zero on the end of it, I reckon, if he was batting at lie label. Um, but, yeah, look, the problem with poor old Redhead have got there, they are weak and they they are struggling for numbers through their grades. I think they had four of their Division 5 players play in this game. Wow. A um, couple, couple of youngsters. Um, yeah, it was some experienced creators there. Like Chris Mitchell, he's played A-grade in CSFL, God, over a decade, 15 years, and solid effort. Um first few years in suburban history. That 43 was the backbone of their innings, along with Mark Curry's. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Chris Neal, an experienced cricketer, uh, unfortunately, a duck, and, yeah, a couple of younger fellas there weren't able to get on the board. 196, though, you're still going to target the bowler. That's five yes, and over. Do. And, um, you know, Redhead has certainly got some quality bowling there. Uh, but just looking at the bowling uh, for Warners Bay, as you said, Kane Bradley's three for four. He came in late, mopped up the tail there. Um but, yeah, I mean, you just see the depth of the bowling. They've got eight bowls here. They can, they can nearly all throw the new pill to. Um, so they're in you know, very good stead with bowling stocks. The batting, a 113-run opening partnership between Smith and Reardon. Um, I didn't see any of that, but seeing how fast that outfield was and their penchant to hit along the ground, 
five boundaries to Smith, eight boundaries and a six to Reardon, whose top score was 66. Uh, Bradley, who's had a couple of good scores this year, dismissed early for one. Ollie Knight was whacked up the order for a bit of time at the crease. Burrows knocked him over for a duck. Um, as you said, Kyle Burrows figures for that game and that outfield, eight overs, two for 16. Sensational performance, yeah. considering um, they've knocked that 200 over in 34 overs. They've gone it shy of six and over. Uh, Simon Smith, like 34, not out to bring them home. Byron Jensen, you expect him down the back of his 70-odd to score runs, 31. Uh, look, scoreboard pressure is a thing. I don't care what anyone says. And regardless of how strong or weak a team is, you've got 200 or 196 on the board. Yep. It's still a great effort to be able to run that down. Um, and Warners Bay have just proved where they're at at this point. Um, being being able to comfortably chase that down, five down with six overs up their sleeve. So, uh, well done to Warners Bay. And the the uh, warm the warmer and fine weather we've had in the last couple of weeks is starting to come to fruition. With outfields getting quicker and decks getting more predictable, quite a few good scores this week, uh, last weekend. And here's another on the West Waterboard. Uh, went up to Salamander, but actually they played this at Don Waring, uh, which is great to see. Uh, up to Nelson Bay to play the Nelson Bay Turtles. Waterboard batting first, two hundred and four for seven off forty overs. The star Mitch Cronin with seventy. James Earl, 47, Jacob Rippon, 37. And these these guys in particular are regular performances, performers for waterboard every week. They are very, very consistent. And the Nelson Bay Turtles, I would love someone to describe this innings to me because the scorecard is bizarre. There are five, sorry, four Ducks and a Nort not out. Two Blakes made double figures. Yet they made 127 all out of 16 overs. I can only imagine that Tom Marshall, in particular, Sean Scully, who made 60, have gone berserk. That's the only way to describe it. Uh, Kaya Rourke, magnificent figures. Five overs, two maidens, five for 17. But a couple of the other bowlers have gone for 14 and 15 and over, which is utterly ridiculous. So what a strange innings that was. Dan, we'll go back first. What a good, solid performance from the waterboard. Yeah, look, they've been look, looking likely this year. They, they've um, certainly got some quality players there. Mitchell Cronin, he, he's a quality cricket with bat and ball. Um, he's certainly, the, I'd say, the quickest bowler in the comp. He's got some serious wheels when he's warmed yep. up. He scored 70. But a 90-run opening partnership there between Jacob Rippon and James Earl. James Earl's the name we've heard quite a fair bit over the last yes. couple of seasons. Um and again, a third game where the team batting first has scored on or around 200, um, batting their 40 overs. That 90-run opening partnership, uh, they lost three for 14 or three for 19 and a fifth-wicket partnership of 77, um, which Cronin looked like he's dominated. The seven for 204, always going to be a tough total to chase down. Um, can't really say too much about uh, Tim Onion's three for 24 from eight. Yes. Good, honest figures, three and yeah. over. Um, but the run chase, I the only guy I've really got the four the wickets are listed, they do have the names against them. And um, Nelson Bay was seven for 30, <laughs> so they've, they've done fantastic to get to one, two, seven. And then, yeah, on the back of Sean Scully teeing off with 60, uh, no idea of the boundaries there, and 24 from Tom Marshall, who was the last man out. Scully was the ninth man out at 111, Marshall at one, two, seven. So um, you know, 25 run partnership for the eighth wicket, but that ninth wicket they've put on 56, which got them to a respectable total in the chase. But 
you know, if they've got uh, ammunition in there like that, I mean, 16 eights is what, 128? So they've gone at eight and over in the run chase. And uh, yeah, um, again, only their second game of the season. Uh, and that game was at Don Waring. So it was moved from Salamina. Don Waring is fit for play now. So that was the first game on Don Waring for the season. So, yeah, look, uh, good win for the water board. Um, they'll, they'll get some confidence from that. Nelson Bay, they won't be far away from... Uh, they've just got to get some games under their belt. They've got some quality players there, um, some long-time A-grade cricketers. Um, I noticed Hamish Bartlett didn't play. He did play on Sunday, though, in the Dennis Broad Cup. So, um, yeah, good things around the corner for Nelson Bay, I'm sure. But well done to the water board, uh, getting them three points. Now, Dan, this week, is the Play HQ ladder anything like accurate or do you actually have the ladder handy, please? Okay, so the Play HQ ladder, as it stands after five rounds, well, the Play HQ ladder is wrong, but the uh, Suburban District Division 1 ladder stands, looks like this. Merriweather and Warners Bay are currently on top on 14 points. Rogue Scholars and Cardiff Bullaroo are tied third on 11 points. That's a clear top four. Then there's four teams on nine points. The Pythons, the Waterboard, the Journeyman and Redhead. Nelson Bay are on eight. The Maryland Mudrats are sitting on six points. So that's after five rounds. Okay. So, yeah, the, the ladder that's on Play HQ, there's some games that need to be finished off. It'd be nice if some of the – sorry, I'll be a bit more nice than that. If clubs could finish off those games, we're trying to do our job here. It would be – if we could make a polite appeal to get games finished off, I know that Play HQ is causing issues, and I might add, I actually scored on Play HQ on Saturday, Dan, and there were problems all across the country with it. They did have some issues, and they were actually a little bit like my cricket issues. Um, uh, that some of the things that happened, I repeatedly got asked to end the game, and I tried to exit the game on me repeatedly, and I am I, um, I'm not a complete mug in using it. Like I. I I think I'm okay with it. And it was just, it took everything I could to just keep patient and keep at it. But it was a difficult day to live score. And I, I'm i on a scorer's Facebook page and this happened all across the country at the same time, which is not good. Now, yeah, ladies no, and gentlemen. I've noticed in my career, a number of games. I know the game last week we live streamed and the live scoring worked for the first game and then it opened up a second game. That's right. In my case, it tried to exit me out and create different games and we're all playing one. It was just, it was just odd. And then last night at Newcastle Blasters and the Central Coast, who played a sensational game of cricket, they managed to score properly and then have a super over and they, even that got scored properly. So, you know, it's a, it's a bit hard. But Saturday is peak, obviously, and there are issues. So just quickly before we go to our Craven co-play, our performances of the week, and then look at the John Ball Shield. Our games this week for play, West Waterboard hosting the Mudrats at Hexham. The Rose Scholars at two in a row hosting Nelson Bay at Islington. Cardiff Baller, big game here. This is a big game. Cardiff Bullaroo hosting Port Stevens at Cardiff 2. Merriweather hosting the Redhead, Redhead at Connolly and Warners Bay hosting the Journeyman. That's at the magnificent Fane Over, Fane Over Complex. Ladies and gents, as always, one o'clock start, 40 over games. So I'll just run through them. Waterboard hosting the Mudrats. Rogue Scholars hosting Nelson Bay. CNBs hosting Port Stevens. Merriweather hosting Redhead and Warners Bay hosting the West Journeyman. Dan, oh, I know you've got a signal. Oh, before you, I know you've got to say something, so that's fine. Could you say what you've got to say? Please take us through what you want to talk about, and then please, let, I know you've got some performances to talk about, about Craven yep. Co. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly chime in there that as it falls for round six, going by the ladder, the top five place teams on the ladder are playing the bottom place five. So 
there's an opportunity this week for that ladder to really tighten up or, or separate, potentially separate even further. And early doors again. Uh, I mean, this is round six in an 18 round comp. Um, yeah, teams don't want to probably get too far behind. There is an eight team final series, four team semis, but eight team quarter final series. But um, this could be one of those seasons where someone from the bottom half uh, possibly can. Uh, do some damage come finals. But again, we're, we're four months away from that. Right now, Merriweather and Warners Bay are looking the goods to get into the top four. And and again, ladies and gentlemen, just before we go to the Craven Co. performance of the round, it's um the old AFL system, isn't it, Dan? 1v8, 2v7. Is that no, correct? No, it's, it it's is. It's the Mac- Yeah, sorry, 2v3. 2v3, 5v8, 6v7. So top you get them. Place, week off, bottom two right. place eliminated. So it's the, the same as the AFL and the NRL, which, um, of course, the AFL had to correct that um, at one stage, show to the NRL. But again, you get a huge premium for finishing in the top four. So anyway, Dan, Craven Co. performances of the week before we drill down and have a look at the John Bull Shield. Okay, you need to bear with me because there's quite a significant number of uh, performances this week I want to touch on. I was um, warned about this, ladies and gents. The great well, man's got a list. He's got a list so, longer than he, he texted me and he said, ladies and gentlemen, Redes, I've got a list longer than Ivan Malat's record. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, something like that. So we'll start with division six. I'm gonna work my way from division six up to division one. Division seven, there was uh well, nothing that I've figured was a of a, a worthy performance. Yep. But division six, Valentine Ellie Barner. Um Sorry, I just find it on the screen. If you just find it on your in Division Six, so Valentine Elibana played. Do 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 the Hunter Taverners dismissed them for one eighteen. They've got the runs one down and sixteen overs. And wow. Greg Holmes, eighty seven not out, three fours, ten sixes, uh, batted the inning. So sensational effort there by Greg Holmes in Division Five. Um, Another impressive score for the Taralba Billy Goats. Ben Cox has scored 89 with five fours and five sixes. So 50 of the 89 there coming in uh, in boundaries. Also and he opened, and he, five, opened the, he opened the batting for the Billy Goats as well. He, he did. Actually, I'll skip that one because that's actually going to be the performance of the round. Uh, in Division 5 for Maryland Fletcher, Joshua Blackshaw has scored 111 not out. Uh, 12 fours and four sixes. They're what a high-scoring game of cricket that was in 35 overs aside. <laughs> Holy cow, there were some scores in this grade. But this game at Caraca, uh, 241 beat 204. And then at Nesbitt Park, Valentine at Abana, 253 beat the Katara Hornets. Dan Saunders won't be pleased, 207. <laughs> so some outfields getting quicker in a hurry with all this fine weather. Oh, very much so. Uh, we go to Division 4 for Maryland Fletcher. Jeremy Unicum with some very impressive bowling figures. Uh, six overs, three maidens, six for four. Gracious so the, me. The, 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 the winner of the round's got a very impressive performance, I can say. In Division 4 also, uh, Warners Bay, they put the cleaners through the Katara Hornets there as well. Um, they had a 171-run opening partnership between Ryan Campbell, who scored 95 with 11 boundaries, and Nathan Sutton scored 78 with nine fours and one six. But a 171-run opening partnership. Uh, it's not just about individual performances. That's a great performance in any language 
Um, of course, Gutierrez got 30 odd in the reply. Not a good weekend for the Hornets. I think we went no. down in all three grades. Uh, but I digress. Uh, Division four, Warners Bay, Charlie Evans, six overs, four maidens, four for three. Very impressive performance there by Charlie. Uh, Division four, Beresfield Memorial. Uh, in a total of nine, which ended up all out due to number 11 not batting, in a total of 123, Chris Cassiato's opened the batting, carried his bat, scored 80 not out on turf at Lindsay Memorial. Wow. Uh, three boundaries and five sixes. So a good solo performance there by Chris. Uh, Division four journeyman, Nick Bates. Uh, seven overs, four maidens, five for nine. Uh, take the new wow. pill and decimated. It was Waratah from memory. Yeah, Waratah ended uh, up all out, two. 27. What? Waratah made 27 all out, if you don't mind. And it's good Division to see cricket being Noel played Boys, down at... Uh, at Good Sorry? to see cricket being played at Waratah Oval after the problems they've had. They played that game at Waratah Oval 5, according to my, uh, Play HQ. Uh, yeah, I believe so. I'm not Yeah, I, no comment. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not I'm, Dan, I'm a cricket official too. I'm not making comments. I'm just saying uh, you, yeah, you've no, got to be I, supportive. I just know that some of the games, the venues on here may not necessarily be with a game. I know there's been yeah, some issues. Totally understand. Yep. Division 2. Uh, Division two, Glendale Old Boys, Adam Fitzhenry. Uh, this was a victory against Katara. Um, seven overs, five for 25. Tore the heart out of the poor old Hornets' top quarter. Uh, very handy cricketer, Adam Fitzhenry. Um, now, in Division two, this this side tossed and turned on this performance. And this is an interesting one for the player of the round. But unfortunately, uh, Brad Lauder from the Gravity Riders. Six overs, one maiden, six for 28, including a hat-trick. Oh, great to see you get a hat here. That's fantastic. Now, what's very interesting about this hat-trick, Redders, and I'm sure our listeners will find this bloody amusing, the hat-trick consisted of LBW, bold LBW, the no official umpire. So the batting team's umpiring. Well, Lord has actually picked up three LBWs in his, in his haul of six for 28 of 6.1. Goes to show that... Um, Merriweather uh, at least have got some people doing the the umpiring that have got some honesty and some integrity. That's all I can say. Well, that's right. I mean, to get a hat trick's a great thing. To get an LBW with the opposition umpiring is another thing. To get three, two in a in a hat trick in the hat trick ball, and from what I've heard, the batter basically walked. It was that plum. So well done to yeah. Brad Lauder, six for twenty eight in Division Two. Now in Division One, a couple of impressive performances. Of course, we mentioned Josh Mox, yes. he's one hundred and eight not out. Again, that and Brad Lauder, at one stage, they were the runners-up until I had a look at a performance in Division 5 I couldn't ignore. Um, also in Division 1, we talked about James Pride's um, all-round effort. Uh, eight overs, five for 23, as well as 31 not out. Uh, we touched on Warners Bay's 113-run opening partnership between Grant Reard and 66 and uh, Neil Smith, 42. And... We also touched on the waterboard, Mitch Crone at 70 and Kyo Rocks 5 for 17 from 7 up there in Division 1. But this week's Craven Co. Performance of the Week. Now, I've actually had to speak to Kieran at, at Craven Co. And he's... Uh, I know what happy. you're about to do. I can. I know exactly what you're about to do because I've got the game up here. I've picked it. I reckon you're going to talk about Katara Hornets and Valentine Alabama. Am I right? I am, and I'm certainly, unfortunately, not talking about my beloved Hornets. Go for your life. 
So I've spoken to Kieran at Craven Co. And I said, look, mate, I said, I've got a lot of handy performance this way. I said, this one can't be ignored. Um, chance of opening up the purse strings. And um, he's graciously decided this week, because uh, two individuals are receiving the award, I don't expect them to go for coffee together and split 20 bucks. So it's $20 each. I mean, for all I know, they might even be mates. But this week's Craven Co. performance of the round is in Division 5, Valentine Ilibana, a third wicket partnership of 219. Uh, Jacobus Liebenberg scored 108 and Nathan Burke 102. A 219 run partnership, third wicket, and we're talking 35 over cricket. Now, unless, you know, they may have been two or two down for not many early, but that performance and what that does for a team generally means victory. Um, but I just couldn't, you know, a hundred not out in Division One, a six for with a hat trick in Division Two. Uh, but this performance of the Rand Award covers across all grades. And I just couldn't shy away from that performance. It was too impressive for mine. So, uh, Jacobus Liebenberg, 108. Nathan Burt, 102. But the award goes to them both for their 219-run third-wicket partnership. And Valentine Elibana's uh, big-scoring victory over Qatar. A 46-run victory um, on Saturday. So, I'll be in touch with um, Jacobus and Nathan, or the Valentine Club, to uh, get their details. But a $20 voucher each for those gentlemen at Craven Co. Charlestown. And, um, yeah, thanks to our sponsor for when Kieran, former first-grade cricket at Walls End, an A-grade cricket at the Beach Hotel back in the day. He knows his cricket, loves his cricket. And, um, yeah, I didn't think he'd have an issue uh, seeing my way of thinking regarding that this week. So, well done to those guys. Congratulations to all those mentioned. That's a fantastic round of cricket. Um, and as Red has said, those fields must be getting pretty dry this a lot of 200-plus totals, even high 170, 180s, uh, getting scored around the traps. Yeah, and look, uh, I reckon there might be a chance that Jacobus Lindenberg, ladies and gentlemen, has got uh, uh, has got South African heritage. Just a small chance. Jacobus, sorry, Jacobus Liebenberg. Fair chance he's a Yapi, I'd suggest you. Fair chance. And an Afrikaner at that. So, um, fantastic to see everybody going so well. So many runs, so many wickets. Dan, thank you for that review. Now... And the Craven Co. goes to, is split. We thank our sponsor. That's a very generous act to give us two in the one game. Yeah, to get 253 and 35 overs with a 200-run partnership is just almost unheard of. On to the um, John Ball Shield. Round one played on the 16th of November in an absolute thriller at Rose Point Park. And it is great to see Rose Point back in action after it's been flooded up to uh, and inclusive of the single uh, chained Aussie Rules Con Club's change Con rooms. Connolly Park. Uh, hang on. I'm giving the scores for both of them. I'm doing both of them. I'm doing both of them. Oh, so, sorry. Sorry, mate. Sorry. That's okay. No, no, no. Method of my madness. Just a quick roundup. Singleton, 156 all out, and they dismissed the upper Hunter Wombats for 145. And as I said, wonderful to see cricket being and sport being played at Rose Point after it was full, full on under 15 foot of water earlier on this year. And the, the, change room, the Singleton uh, Football Club change rooms went under again. And then in the a game that we're going to feature, that Dan's had a good look at, a terrific game of cricket on what must have been... A, the thing that I can't quite figure out is the bowling must have been superb because Connolly Park had a big day of runs on Saturday. Hmm. Cessna call out 109 of 31 overs. And the Rebels just got them nine down, nine for 113. 
Just some uh, summaries before I go to Dan. Joseph Main, 34, top score by a long way for Cessnock. The bowling figures shared around, as, as Dan was talking to me uh, earlier in the week. Mitch Cronin, three for 24 off 10. Remember, these are 10 over limits for the bowlers. Two for 24, Ryan Reedman. Two for 30, Simon Smith. And two for 23 for the skip, Steve Grimshaw. And then in reply, the uh, Rebels in all sorts. And they just chipped away. No one made more than 22. Kane Bradley, the top score. And it came down to Steve Grimshaw and Ryan Reedman right at the death. And in fact, Ryan Reedman and uh, Simon Smith put on eight for the last wicket to get them home. Nine for 113. And superb because Zach Cronholm for Cessnock, five for 49 off nine. And Matt Hopley, three for 22 off seven. Dan Saunders, what a great game of cricket for the first game of the John Bull Shield. Yeah, look, I was over there for probably about the first uh, 40 minutes. Um, and Cessnock won the toss, selected to bat. And, gee, the Rebels were on fire early. Um, Mitch Cronin was bowling quite quick, bowling from the road end there at Connolly Park. Uh, he went straight through Peter Brennan, just like second ball of the match, I think it was. Knocked him over, stumps Cartwheeled. Um, Ryan Reedman from the Maryland uh, Fletcher Cricket Club Division 2, uh, bowling from the other end, quite quite impressive as well. Um, they bowled really well in tandem. So they bowled five overs each, um, five overs spell each, and they both had two wickets in, in their spell each. Um, they were four for 19 in the first 10 overs. Um, Cessnock, Joseph Main. It was a very patient 34, if I've been told, but the catch to uh, get rid of him, apparently uh, Jared Moxie, sorry, Jared Moxie's catch given to Samuel Peacock, an absolute screamer, had to be there to see it, apparently. So uh, we acknowledge that. Kane Bradley, a couple of uh, I think three catches behind the stumps. Uh, but again, bowling the burn there, Cronut, Reedman, Smith, Rushford, Grimshaw. And if you look at the bowlers, you know, Ken Bowl, who didn't, weren't used, is a testament to the depth of the Rebels uh, team. Uh, a great team performance. As you said, the wicket shared around Reedman two, Smith two, Grimshaw uh, two, Cronin three. Jeremy Rushford uh, also coming up from Div two, selected in that team. Look, all out for 109 off 31. Knowing how fast an outfield that was, you would have figured that the Rebels would have peeled those, that tally off without too much trouble considering the depth of the batting and, and I guess the nature of some of the cricketers, how they like to get on with it. But I guess that sort of proved to be a bit of their downfall. Yep. Um, Cronholm, Cronholm bowled very accurately, stump to stump. And um, as the old uh, adage is, if they miss, you hit. Um, Lavender out for four early. Jared Moxie out for two. Kane Bradley, a patient runner ball, 22 with three boundaries. Jeremy Rushford uh, really stood up in his um, first rep game there. Again, coming up from Division 2, 21. But again, just as um, the Rebels look likely, they'd lose a wicket or they'd lose a couple of wickets. And um, it's six for 78. Still think it's, you know, close to seven for 84, eight for 86. And uh, then, yeah, losing that ninth wicket, Grimmy um, skying one with, I think, six runs to go. But Ryan Reeman, very patient. He hit consecutive boundaries to uh, bring home the chocolates for... Uh, the Rebels, but what ended up a very tight game, and credit must go out to Cessnock because with only 109 on the board, they could have turned their toes up and early finish on a Sunday, get back to uh, wherever you like in Cessnock for a couple of uh, adult beverages, but they um, they turned up to play, and the Rebels, they had to earn every run. And shout out to the Rebels uh, to Cessnock too. They live scored that game, and uh, miraculously, no hiccups through both innings. You can watch that game live on the phone, the scores all day, and um, 
It's a very nervous afternoon, chewing the nails, watching this, uh, the wickets get tumbling and the runs sort of chipping away. But uh, the Rebels, one from one, they play Maitland in three weeks. I believe it's uh, the 27th. 27th um, against Maitland. Ground to be confirmed, but I believe it will possibly be Connolly Park again. Okay, um, that's not what's showing on Play HQ, but as you said, um, that's liable to change any time. It's actually saying saying Fay and one on Play HQ. Yeah, I, I believe Fay and may be unavailable again, but if if no Waters Bay are up to the task, they'll certainly want to use it. It's the best ground we've got available, but if it's unavailable, uh, Mary Mary Merriweather were very gracious to get a wicket together, and, and they thought it was great to be able to host a representative fixture. So it's great that clubs are wanting to host these picks. It's not looking at them as a pain in the bum, another wicket we've got to get up. It's it's great that they're embracing the representative uh, fixtures. That's right. 100%. And that, that's what you want from people. And in the other game in the John Ball Shield, Cessnock uh, will play Singleton. That game's at East End Oval. And the Wombats, the upper 100 Wombats, have got the week off. So, um, yeah, again, um, we'll talk about that more as it comes to fruition in the next couple of weeks in our podcast the Rebels' next game against Maitland, um, that game in Newcastle. Dan, thank you so much for your time. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about tonight, my friend? No, that's pretty much it, mate. Um, appreciate you indulging me with some of those performances, but I just felt that um, you know, I want to do want to do the individuals justice. They're out there finding their trade on a Sunday afternoon, and the majority of them probably don't even listen to the podcast. But, um, you know, it's, it's about promoting cricket and having a bit of fun as well. So, um, yeah, that's what we're here for. Absolutely, it is. Um, look forward to speaking to you next week, my friend. Thank you so much. Some great performances. Enjoy your suburban districts cricket uh, this weekend and make sure you get out there and enjoy cricket. Have a great time. Enjoy your cricket. Enjoy your friend's company and just enjoy our great game. On behalf, Dan, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Raiders. Thank you. On behalf of Dan Saunders, this is David Redden. You all take care. Enjoy your suburban districts cricket. We'll see you next week.